Hello, everybody. This is Jared Van Vorst. And my name is Nathan McWhorter. And I'm Daniel Fagbui, and welcome to Table Talk Thursdays, where we field all your burning questions, and we'd love to hear from you. And we'll be doing this every single week. So please send in your questions to my email, which is daniel.fagbui at livechurchcanton.org. Look forward to hearing from you. Happy Thursday, everybody. Today is May 14th. 2020, and you are listening to the Life Church Canton podcast. I'm so thankful that you're here. This is episode number nine of our series we're calling Table Talk Thursdays, where uh, Pastor Nathan, Daniel, and Jared get on, sometimes with special guests, sometimes without, to talk about your questions um, and any other thoughts that might spawn off of those questions. So, um, as I said, today is episode number nine, but I wanted to give you uh, a piece of information that I think is pertinent towards this time. If you've been watching our uh, our live streams of our services on the weekend, either on Facebook or YouTube, um, you hear um, the pastors say and everybody say, can you share this? Could you share this? Um, and I want to make it known to you as well that uh, we post all that content onto our podcast as well. And sharing the podcast is just uh, as important and impactful as sharing it on Facebook or the link on YouTube or, or whatever. Um, uh, I share podcasts personally with my friends all the time and I text them. And uh, sometimes we just don't have time to sit and watch something, but we have time to listen to something. So I want to encourage you that if you're if you're uh, really being impacted by this content, whether that's Table Talk Thursdays or our, um, our messages from the weekend or any other content that we're putting out, please share it with somebody if, it, if you feel like they would um, interact with it well and that it's something that they need. Because that's... Um, going to get us in front of people and is going to be impactful to the kingdom most importantly of all so um piece of information done uh i hope that you guys enjoy episode nine of table talk thursday here it is awesome let me know we on i believe we are live i'm gonna say awesome (laughs) i don't see it but awesome i just refreshed the page we're there brother we are there and and it's it's wonderful sweet i want to go to there i want to go all right cool Cool, cool, cool. Well, we are on. We are excited to be with all of you. Um, yes. Super exciting. Um, it's been an interesting few days, but welcome to Table Talk Thursdays, uh, where we go live at 12 noon on Thursdays to discuss questions. Questions about the most recent sermon, questions about life in general, questions about theology. Uh, remember that questions are due in by Tuesday evening. And if you get it to me after that, um, don't fret. We will have it on cue for the next uh, table talk. All questions are welcome. Uh, questions online also are welcome. Any follow-up questions, please feel free to send that in. And we also want to just keep us uh, uh, reminded that we need to just continue to pray for each other, pray for our nation, pray for all of us who are sheltered in place, but pray for those who are quarantined and waiting on test results. Pray for those who've lost their employment, uh, those who've lost their loved ones. Pray for the pray for the at-risk population, uh, those who are on the front lines, all of our healthcare professionals, and all essential employees. Also, pray for the elderly and those who have pre-existent uh, conditions. So keep praying and keep continuing to care for each other. It's been a joy to just see how we've reached out to each other, cared for each other. So please continue to do that. Well, I am here with a few of my good brothers and and, and fellow uh, teachers here at Life Church. I uh, wanted to check in 
and see how things are going. But before we do that, I want to hear from Pastor Nathan on some updates, and then we will check in and see how everyone's doing. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, we we um we have some amazing things going on. I'm I'm excited about Sunday and the message. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about. It actually connects to one of the questions I'm going to answer. Um, and I'm excited about what that's going to be. But part of this is uh, an awareness of what's going on. So I encourage you guys to share this. But if you don't know this, you're probably listening to it right now. Most of the people who listen are through our podcast. So I want to get a shout out to you on the podcast, as well as to the people here who are live, to share our podcast. We'll put a link up in the tiny URL on the feed. But sharing our podcast makes a huge difference because we're creating content that will stay and, and will be there and people will go back to um, for years. And you guys are helping us do that by generating your questions, which I think is great. I'm wearing a shirt today. It says, yeah, I don't know if you can see that. It says, Jesus is bigger than Sunday. And the reality is we are creating content almost every day of the week between kids and students and all the things going on. And, and you can have access to that. As we continue to grow, refine that, and make it easier for you to find, um, it, it's going to be something that you're going to be able to be a part of. So I'd encourage you guys to subscribe to our podcast, to share it, to like our page and follow it and all of those things um, because it makes a difference. We are actually now getting to see people who came because someone shared it, who got involved, took a next step, and are getting baptized or being in a small group. Like we are seeing people who you share to actually make decisions and join the community. That's amazing. And you can be part of that. So if you could... Big, big thing here is, is for you to help share that podcast. Uh, we also have a blog that goes up pretty regularly that uh, is curated by Jared. And there is amazing stuff on there. Pastor Jared's working hard to continue yeah, to bring us content Good stuff. Um, and discussion. And he's monitoring that. So I encourage you. There, there are so many avenues for you to engage in what is happening at, at this church, but also to grow in your faith. Um, I could just start listing all of them, but the now page is always the place to go with that. Now, some special things I want to make you aware of, and then I want to introduce a small contest. We're going to see what we can do, okay? So the first thing is this. On Sunday, um, one of the local radio stations that both Pastor Daniel and myself, WMUZ, has I've uh, been on is actually going to be broadcasting at 2 p.m. our entire service on their AM station. I'll put a link in it as soon as I'm done talking about that. But that's what's going to happen. They're going to be able to share it to all of their listeners, which is pretty incredible. If you're someone who only knows people who listen to things on the radio, uh, I kind of feel like it's like handing out cassettes to people, but that's how people engage with it. And it's fantastic. So like, mm. man, I'm not going to fight that. Let's get it to them. So that'll be um, at 2 p.m., on AM 1200, and I'll put a link into it. Not only that, at 9 a.m., the same station has another station on the AM channel. I believe it's 550. I'll put it down below. And Life Church Southfield is going to have their service uh, radio broadcast. So I was able to invite the, the members of the station to call them, and they're going to be doing it as well. So if you want to know more about our network, you can check out the podcast where we had a, a conversation together, or you could just check it out on the radio or listen live on the link. So I'll put that down as soon as I'm done talking. One last thing, and I know this is a lot, and we're going to get to questions, and we have tons of them, and we're going to get as many as we can done. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want 
to actually invite anybody who has creative um, desires or creative potential, anyone who knows what they're doing, who would like to maybe try their hand at creating a logo or some, uh, some artwork for Table Talk Thursdays. I want to invite people to do that. So if you're interested, go ahead and reach out to me and I can give you some parameters. If you're interested, you can do that at nathan.mcwhorter at lifechurchcanton.org. Of course, you can just message us on the Facebook app or whatever. But I know there's people who have some time who have some creativity and maybe you'd end up seeing uh, your logo on a, on a sweet hat uh, for me or a jacket. I don't know. We'll see what's going on, but that's enough from me. Um, I just want to encourage you guys to be engaged. It makes a huge difference. Good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to see what people come up with on that logo. Be exciting. So let's, let's start with you, Pastor Nathan. How are you doing? It's been an interesting uh, week or so since our last table talk to say the least uh and of course life goes on with COVID. um and as we do COVID ministry i hate to call it that but uh we're doing new type of ministry in many ways uh but the mm-hmm. the core stays the same loving people but how are you yeah. doing Whew. uh man it's a i think i got done working out yesterday thank god i have some nice crossfit equipment that i can do um and i got a phone call while i was running that uh, I waited till I was done and, and a text message and then another text message. And um, I got done, you know, got my breath back and looked and it was just situations with people. Um, mm. and, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, in the sermon this weekend, you know, we talk about how this is kind of a pressure cooker. And mm. as it continues to move on, there's a pressure cooker going on and people's junk is getting boiled up. And whether that's in relationship or uh, whether that's in a, a, with a kid or whatever. And, and so it's, it's been difficult. Um, and, it, I, you know, people ask, how can I pray for you um, in the midst of it? Because the burden sometimes are things that I can help partner with other people. And sometimes it's the burden that I have to work through as a pastor on my own. Not on my own, but, but it's my responsibility, um, which I'm grateful to do. And the answer is just, um, if you could pray for me in any way in the midst of this would be um, to pray for my times in prayer with God, that those are protected, that I can be in the presence of God because it's the Holy Spirit who's going to do it. But on a personal side, um, in the midst of all that, you know, I'm learning my son and uh, my, uh, my two sons and my daughter and how they deal with it. And one of my sons, he, he just gets overwhelmed at times. So there was a beautiful moment where I was grateful to be able just to lay down and talk with him and bring him down from an emotionally charged state where he was being disrespectful and rude and out of control emotionally and being able to lay down with him. Being able to lay down with him and talk through his emotions and feelings and, um, and just comfort him and bring him back to a place where he was uh, able to have joy uh, was really gratifying for me. Um, so taking those small moments, uh, are something I'm realizing are, are super important. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Pastor Jed, how are you? Yeah. Um, so I'm a little confused as to why I haven't been invited onto this radio station, but then I realized <laughs> it's because I don't have a face for radio and um, I'm going to let do you have a radio voice though. Thanks. Yeah. You I'm going to let you guys read between the lines on that one. No, uh, I mean in a good way. <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing well. Today is a good day. Um, my daughter is in the hospital and she got her NG tube out of her nose. 
and uh, that was going up her nose, down her throat, into her stomach to get all this gunk out. And uh, she's progressing really well. So we're super excited about that. And she's back to her very normal, cheerful, joyful self. And so uh, to the point now where you can't get her to stop talking, which is, that's a good <laughs> sign. And, um, and so I'm really excited about that just personally. Um, in terms of the church, um, I've just been really encouraged by the conversations that have continued to unfold about the tragic events of uh, Ahmad Arbery. And, uh, but then the, it's just not that isolated situation, although that's certainly a tragic one, but how it's opened the doors for greater conversation about the church and unity and uh, issues of racial injustice. And so I, I love our church for that. And then even beyond uh, the walls and the digital spaces of our church, the conversations that have continued to unfold. So super encouraged by that. And then uh, excited for today to have some more conversation. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I mean, I echo as much of um, overlap as we have in our lives. Kids being rude. Josiah, our son has been having some unique moments, but all in all, man, especially this last week, it's just been a joy to, like you said, just sit with them and talk and just connect with them and how much they need and love their father's uh, attentions. And it's just good to see that. And so I'm thankful for his growth. And I'm super thankful for his intelligence. Like this morning, he, I was like, man, you had, you slept through the night, man. You didn't wake up at all. You, you, you went to bed real good. He was like, yeah, but you could keep praying for me that I sleep well. I was like, oh, I will, man. I will. That, make, that, that blesses my soul. But I think on a personal note, um, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting week. I think there's a lot of good things that are happening. Um, my understanding is that Be The Bridge um, has had uh, the, the organization itself has had over 2,000 or so folks reach out. Um, so, so this has the ability to not just help with social justice issues and reconciliation, but many of those people might be people who don't know Jesus and they get to see what it looks like when the gospel invades. So, so in, in many ways, right, Genesis 50, 20, what the devil, what the enemy, what, uh, ungodly people meant for evil, God meant for good, um, that it may bring about salvation. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think the other part is, um, is just. I get inundated with so many, um, um, so much information. And so even since the time we've talked about Ahmad last week to now, it's been at least four or five deaths um, and, and four and two or three, you know, home invasions by police and uh, to, to, and it's been disproportionately African-American. So, so it, it, there's a sense where uh, the beat goes on, right? It just continues. Um, so there's that disappointing part of it. Uh, but I have experienced, and maybe it's because I am in for the first time in a context where I'm able to see my white brothers and sisters who care. Um, I'm able to just be thankful for the hope that I see in you two brothers and Rich and Katie um, and the people from Color Compromise and uh, the folks on Beated Bridge alumni group and, and how they just continue to express lament, express mourning but also willing and wanting to change things. So I'm just excited about that. And I'm thankful for God for that. Cause that is a, uh, I, I wouldn't experience that if this hadn't happened. Right. So there's a sense where 
uh, as things um, deteriorate, there's also hope. Um, so we're thankful for that. So, yeah. So thank God for those things. And um, we continue with our, as it were, regularly scheduled program. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions. Like Pastor David wasn't joking when he said we got a bunch of questions. I have the privilege of collecting these questions. And trust me, sometimes I look through them. I'm like, whoa. Uh, so uh, not well from the depth of them, but it's like, okay, hopefully we'll be, we'll be to cover that. But our goal here is to do quality over quantity. And we will spend our time answering it well. And so I think you're up, Pastor Nathan, because we have a question from last week. So uh, up to you. Yeah, I'm, pull, I'm pulling it up right now. It's, it's the questions Absolutely. about anxiety, correct? Yes. Uh, so Kelly Walker says, uh, she says, for a future question, yes. I would love to have recommendations of scripture to help with the unknowns of anxiety and dealing with the future in the midst of COVID-19. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's something that we continue to, to have to learn every single moment of every single day. And uh, I do want to have quality, and um, but also provide next steps. I think that's so important, yes, especially absolutely. if you're like, okay, a three-minute conversation or a five-minute conversation for me over table talk is, is not always the best um, way to do that. But um, I always go to this first. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 8, which we did an mm. entire series on. And um, I'm going to put a link to the exact one I'm referencing, and then you can see the entire series on um, anxiety and, and the deals with it. Because there's, there's anxiety that we feel um, as humans, and then there's anxiety that uh, is, is a mental um, battle, and that shows up in different ways. And we, we talk through that more in depth through the series, so I encourage you that. But we based everything and walked through Philippians 4 four through eight, which is rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. I mean, very clearly rejoice. So there's this idea of gratitude helps significantly. If you're not, if you're not writing down every day, what you're grateful for, you're missing the opportunity to elevate your spirit in a very simple way. Just thanking God for what you have, even if it's silly and small, it still matters. So rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Reminder that God is with you. And if you dwell in these times of prayer, which I think are crucial, you remind yourself of the presence of God with you and what he has given you. And then it gets, so this is the preparation and it gets into the idea of anxiety. It says, don't be anxious about anything. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Easy, easy thing to say. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's this old SNL sketch where the guy walks in, he goes, uh, I, I'm afraid of being buried alive in a box and, and the old man sitting across from me goes, okay, here we go. I have two words for you. Are you ready? Here it comes. Oh, do I need to write them down? No, you don't need to write them down. It's two words. And he goes, stop it. And she goes, what? And he goes, yeah, just stop it. And it, it, you can receive this verse as like, don't be anxious. Stop it. And he yeah. goes, no, no, no. He's saying, you don't need to be anxious about anything. So don't stay there. And he explains how to do it. In a very simple way, he says, in every situation, with prayer and petition, that's that word again, that prayer, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, again, it's just right there, gratefulness, yeah. gratitude in prayer and petition, asking God, he says, present your requests to God. Give it to him. Ask for him. 
And then the promise back is, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. And I love putting in, even though it means more than that, but human understanding, right? The peace of God does not make sense always to humans. It does when you understand that he's sovereign, but it even goes beyond that, that he can give you a supernatural peace that will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a big discussion. There is a lot that goes on with anxiety and the way that your brain works. And we talk about that in this series. So I'll put that link below. I have a tiny URL, so you can just click and it'll take us right to the messages um, that we have on our, ser- um, on our webpage. But it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle. And it's something that you do and you battle um, in prayer with God. And then, of course, if you if you have or potentially think you have um, a um, a mental degree, illness of some sort, then it is something that you work with with counselors as well. I want to say that in general. But I think the heart of this was in COVID, how do we do this? In COVID, what I would say is that you embrace times of prayer with God, focused on gratitude and pouring your entire heart out and asking for the spirit of God to come. So Philippians 4, 4 through 8, I'll put a link um, in the feed before, below uh, right now. Yeah, well said. Um, and I, I would just say also a few weeks ago, we did a um, a, a table talk on um, um, with one of our sisters um, on uh, just depression and mental health period. There were some good takeaways from there too that I would encourage you, Kelly, to take a look at, and that would be great. But the Bible has a lot to say, and I think everything Pastor Nathan said is absolutely spot on. So anything to add to that, Pastor Jared, before we move on to the next question? All right, good. The next question is for myself. And our sister Don Ginger says, so this is a two-parter, so I'll break it up into two parts. She says, good morning. Um, I'm a bit behind, and I just watched Table Talk Thursdays yesterday. So this was two weeks ago. So yesterday was two weeks ago. And she says, my question is this. Do we teach hermeneutics in the church? Um, And so before I even answer that question, let me help some of our listeners who may not be aware of this um, Greek term. And I use Greek as in like everything is Greek, but it's actually a Latin term. and now it does come from a Greek origin, which is um, um, which has to do with. Uh, so when we talk about hermeneutics, we're talking about the art and the science of interpretation. And when we're talking about biblical hermeneutics, we're talking about the art and the science of biblical interpretation. In other words, understanding and interpreting the Bible. The root of this word means to utter, to explain, to translate. Um, And it was first used by uh, people who started to interpret old literature and old um, old uh, uh, writings and saying, okay, here are some rules and tools that we need. We It can't mean to us what it didn't mean to the first author. So things like context, you've heard us say that multiple times come into play, but essentially is how do you study the Bible? Um, and, the, and then I would probably add to that, what is the goal of hermeneutics? Well, the ultimate goal of hermeneutics, biblical hermeneutics, is to discover what the Bible truly is saying and what it truly means, uh, what it meant to the original context, the original audience, the original people, and also the principles, the timeless principles that translate even to now. So I would recommend to you even in the first installment of our series, as you follow the whole series, I would recommend all of the sermons, but I think particularly as it pertains to hermeneutics, 
uh, the first sermon, we talked about context and how context is king. And so that's helpful. Um, so again, that's the ultimate goal. And why is hermeneutics important? Uh, it is important because I, I think, uh, and I don't want to belabor this point, but it is a matter of life and death. And the reason I say that is because incorrect understanding of God's word leads to incorrect application of God's word. And that can lead to and has led to destruction and confusion and broken hearts and broken minds and uh, and just a, a destruction that uh, is beyond what we can even quantify here. And so there's there's a lot of history of just poor hermeneutics and how it affects people's lives because you extrapolate um, things from the Bible that were not intended to or you build your life on promises that were never promised to you. And so that's helpful to have hermeneutics. And so uh, to answer Don's question even more uh, precisely, the answer is no, we don't teach a course per, per se in hermeneutics. Now I did reach out to our uh, discipleship pastor, John Grandy, just to confirm if Life Journey had a sort of hermeneutical part. Now there are some principles of hermeneutics that are shared through Life Journey, uh, but he and I are going to be talking through even God willing on how to maybe do something. He has some ideas that are great on how we could actually teach hermeneutics proper, because what's at stake is you understanding God's word accurately. And so uh, while we don't specifically teach a class, you will find in our sermons that we apply those principles uh, and we share those principles. And so we do touch on it on most of our sermons, if not all of our sermons. And like I said, specifically, as you look at the first installment on Context is King, you will see us sort of expand on that a little bit. We walk through the author, uh, the aim, and the audience of Ephesians, which helps us set that um, uh, set that table, that culture, so you can understand the impact of it. Uh, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Jared have also done that in every single sermon to sort of unpack why, why, why understanding the culture of Ephesus, uh, the people of Ephesus and the intention and the occasion for the letter is important. All of that helps us understand what the text is saying and even more importantly, what the text is not saying. And so this is probably one of the most important tools that I think any Christian should have is how to understand the Bible, how to unpack the Bible, what categories it needs to be in. Um, and so you can study it and understand God's word. It will save you a lot of headache and a lot of heartache if you apply hermeneutics. Um, and so before I move on to the second part of this question, Anything you guys want to add in it that I might have missed? Just, I think um, I agree with everything you said. I think sometimes people feel um, overwhelmed by that mm -hmm. uh, because it is true. It's uh, our hermeneutic is, is absolutely important. And I think part of the reason why they feel so overwhelmed by it is because they think it's all up to them. It's there. You're on your own. So go figure it out. And hopefully mm -hmm. you don't fail. Um, and that's why I think it's always important to talk about the importance of community as well. And like, do this in community, do this in small groups, come to church, listen to sermons, you know, like be surrounded by uh, wise counsel and leaders that you trust um, and, and ask questions too uh, amidst the community. Don't, don't give up on the assembly of people. So um, I think that's that's the only piece that I would add, but everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, I think in addition to that and sort of piggybacking off the, the Lincoln uh, latching on to the, 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 the word questions is hermeneutics helps you ask the right questions about right. the text. Right. right. And community also helps that. Right. Because other people might be struggling with the same thing and they'll be able to give you resources, which kind of bleeds into the next part of the question. Pastor Nathan, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think one thing I'll, I'll add is that as you study the hermeneutics of the text, 
um, I think it actually makes the text come to life more. And so it's not just about, hey, don't get it wrong, which is crucial. We already talked about it. But it's, hey, experience how it's alive. Experience more of it and the joy of it. And um, you'll never find the end of the beauty of what's going on in the text. And I think that's the beautiful thing that no matter how many years you're into it, that you can still have that sense of wonder that you had when you first discovered um, some a revelation of scripture that you maybe yeah. didn't understand before. So it's, it's about um, hermeneutics is as much about right understanding as it is about living understanding of the word. Mm. Right understanding and right living, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, I, and I don't even want to belabor this too much, but I will say this. I actually remember reading a book about a gentleman who said hermeneutics saved my life. And that might be pushing too far, but I got what he's saying. He said, the reason he says that, though, is because prior to that, as he was listening to preaching and listening to sermons um, and listening to things that had poor hermeneutics, he did not he did not connect with the text. He thought that it was this mystical book. And like you're saying, Pastor Nathan, he finally had a real understanding this is real people real context a real god a real god talking to him and so it made him ask the real questions that if this is true then what do i need to be saved and so in a very true way hermeneutics uh poor or good hermeneutics can affect someone's life in a very dramatic way um so the second part of that question is she asks she says do you know of any curriculum that could that could be used to teach both adults and youth. Now I underline youth in my mind because I don't know how we're defining youth. So uh, maybe Don, if you're online, you can put a, put a comment in there and say, "Hey, this is what I mean by youth." But in my head, I'm thinking um, it's sort of the people that our sister Abby has um, a purview over. Um, oh, is that fair to say, brothers? In this context, that when we think about youth, we're thinking about that age group of. Uh, teenagers and almost to college is what I would be thinking. Um, so, yeah, so she asked that, are there any resources or curriculum on uh, how to study the Bible? And she shared with us, you know, Don is in seminary. And she said that, you know, it blew her mind and convicted her when she learned about the importance of hermeneutics and that she believes every Christian should know this. And I, and I agree with her wholeheartedly. And so here are some resources. I think for youth and even for kids younger, um, and maybe even for some, some adults, uh, there is a book by Kay Arthur um, who, that is called How to Study the Bible for Your Kids. Uh, it's an inductive Bible study for kids. And Kay Arthur and Jenna Arnth, I think is her name, um, and that's a really good read. In fact, um, I got to be honest with you that those principles that are in that book affect all of us as we study and teach today. So it's not just relegated to kids in the sense that, oh, you just got to know that as a kid and you're done. It's more about the fact that it breaks it down in a very detailed way so you can sort of understand the big picture. So that would be a recommendation, how to study the Bible for kids, um, inductive Bible study for kids by K. Arthur and Jenner Anth. Now for adults or those who want to go a little deeper, uh, K. Arthur also has an inductive Bible, which will help you with just the basics of Bible study, like asking the who, what, when, and where, and how, those important investigative questions. So you will observe the text, uh, then, and then interpret the text, and then apply the text, right? So that's just the basic principle. Uh, then secondly, I would, for the adults, the beginners, I would say, um, 
there's a there's a good website that's called Bible Study Made Easy, uh, easy, as in the letters easy. Bible Study Made Easy dot com. Uh, the gentleman that teaches that is a very good gentleman. I've I've had the privilege to meet him at least once or twice. Um, but it's a very basic. Uh, way of just walking through how you apply good hermeneutics, how you study the Bible for yourself. Because my hope, my joy is to be in a place where, man, you could be around Bereans, as the Bible talks about them, who know the word. And so even as you're preaching, they're able to confirm or even ask you questions about it that are detailed and making sure you're preaching correctly. Um, So that's a great thing. Now, if you do want to go deeper, if you want to go a lot deeper, I would definitely recommend a book called Out of Context. Now, I can, I'll I'll put this all on Facebook later on so you can have them. There's a book called Out of Context, How to Avoid Misinterpreting the Bible. Uh, That was a good read when I was in seminary. Um, Actually, when I was in my undergrad, it's by Richard Schultz. Really good book. Very um, well-written written uh, book. Um, Secondly, I would recommend Basic Bible Interpretation uh, by Roy Zuck, another seminary read. Um, Again, I'll copy these in there. And then finally, I think for uh, more of a group effort, it has study guides. It's got things that you can read through and work through is how to read the Bible in changing times, understanding and applying God's word today uh, by Mark Strauss. That's a good read. All of these were reads that I read in my undergrad, and they were very helpful uh, in helping me refine my hermeneutic. And so I would recommend those to you wholeheartedly. Um, and I hope you get a chance to dig through them, even if it's the uh, the one for kids, I think that's super helpful for you to sort of build yourself and see what you need and what you want to know. But it's what a joy when you can know God's word for yourself. This is a privilege that many generations never had, that they they had to wait for someone to open up God's word for them. And you have the privilege, dare I say, even the right. This is part of the spiritual blessings that you've been given in heavenly places by God to know his word and to know him personally. So I, I would just recommend that to you. And um, uh, my brothers here, I'm sure, may have some uh, ex- additional recommendations or maybe some other things to add. So I'm going to leave that open to you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Um, for for net, for one of the more video um, driven mm. ways of going through it and kind of a breakdown of the the study method of how to actually do it and and just very walk through or, or what you could say like the rules for studying scripture um, RC Sproul has a oh, yeah yeah he has a wonderful video series on right now media and you can take it one chunk at a time there's a, um, a study guide with it and right now, media is the Netflix of Bible studies. I've already put the link in mm-hmm. there. And it's something that we buy as a church and that you get to use for free. And we would encourage you deeply to use it. It's it's amazing. There's leadership in there. There's kids stuff. My kids, every morning when I have to get some stuff done, they're watching Bible studies and learning about how uh, to to battle anger inside of them. It's pretty amazing as I'm hearing what they're talking through. But it goes from kids all the way up there's one series on there, Knowing Scripture by R.C. Sproul. It's right there. Mm. If you click on the link I put in there, lifechurchcanton.org, right now media, which you can also just find in our resources section, you can sign up. I don't care who you are, whoever's listening to this can sign up for a free account, gain access to it and all of the other resources. Uh, when we have a lot of time on our hands, we may want to start filling it with something besides Tiger King. Yeah, or, <laughs> or the last dance even though the last dance is supposedly pretty good like like maybe maybe we try some other things as well maybe just maybe 
Jerry, you got anything to add to that? <laughs> sure. Uh, so oh. for podcast listeners, you're not going to see this in the comments uh, as I say it, but I just put in two books. Uh, one for um, students. It's called How We Read the Bible. And it's there's a forward by uh, Kara Powell, who's in charge of the Fuller Youth Institute. And they do a ton of good work. Um, I can't even say all of it here on the on the podcast or on the Facebook Live just because there's so much stuff there. But there's tons of good tools for uh, scripture reading, but also for parenting, for all kinds of things. And then I put another one of my favorite books that we read in seminary. Um, it's called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Um, and again, mm. I, think, I think one of the one of the challenges for American Christians is that we read it through our lenses um, and through our experiences, and then forget that this was a book, uh, multiple books written by oppressed people in the Middle East, um, and forget the context. As you said, we've we've talked about it plenty, and we're going to continue to talk about the importance of context. Um, but that was that was just a really formative book for me. So that's what I would say. I, I would we could probably go for hours talking about different books and resources that have uh, shaped us and formed us, but uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something that uh, Nathan said some weeks ago was, um, oh, gosh, I, I want to paraphrase you. I want it, you said it so well, so I don't want to just misquote you, but it was essentially is we, we are in an era where we have too many resources, probably right. if you could, if there could be such a thing, you are just a Google away. Um, well, do be skeptical about what you Google because uh, some sources are interesting. But yeah, you, you've got a lot of these things. Uh, um, even the Blue Letter Bible online has great commentaries and great tools to be able to help you with that. So please don't shy away from that. Just know that you are more blessed than perhaps any era in life where you have access to all these things. So yeah. Uh, yeah, next question is Pastor Jared. Yep. Uh, Richard asked a question. What do Christians mean when they say something is a God thing? And then he offers other variations of the, that question. Uh, what do they mean when they say God is here or God is doing something or God is moving in this place? And those are great questions because um, I think that could take us into a lot of different directions in terms of what people mean. Um, it, it would be hard for me to assume I know what every single Christian means when they say that. Uh, but if I could give my best guess, um, I think I think for the most part, uh, Christians prefer not to use the words coincidence. Um, I think they want to recognize that the God is actually active in the details of their lives. And so I think sometimes um, we don't always have the best language for how to describe those things. And so we might say, well, this is a God thing or God is moving here. Um, and sometimes it can, and I think Richard is maybe hinting at this, that sometimes it can maybe sound more confusing than, than not um, and bring up even more questions. Um, I think, for instance, if somebody says, you know, that was a God thing, uh, a skeptical person might think, so wait, are there some things that are God things and then other things that aren't God things where God isn't involved? Um, I think about this illustration. You may have heard it said before. If, you know, if I say to my wife, hey, babe, you look great today, or that dress looks good on you. And she responds with, wait, so I didn't look good yesterday? Or this other dress doesn't look good on me? And you're like, no, wait, what? How do, no, that's, how did we get here? Like, no, that's not a, at all what I'm about. Um, and in the same way, though, in kind of a silly way, I think when somebody says that something is a God thing, it doesn't somehow by default mean that other things aren't God things or that God isn't mm. involved. I think it's more um, about the people than it is about God. I think it's more about the people mm. that have a greater awareness for God's movement or participation or involvement or presence in whatever 
situation that uh, that they see that they're naming. Um, if I could uh, quote scripture in any way uh, to, to sort of back this up, I think when I look at Genesis chapter 28, uh, verse 16, Jacob mm-hmm. is running away from his brother Esau. He's, he's exhausted. He's tired, falls asleep. And he has this incredible dream, this vision. Um, and, and God reveals some things to him in that dream and vision. And he wakes up. And when he says, uh, it says, when, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was mm. not aware of it. And again, that's more about Jacob's awareness than it is about God. I don't think when people say, um, you know, God is in this place or that's a God thing, that it's so much about God or to add or sub- subtract from who God is. Um, cause I think we believe he's omnipresent. He's in all things everywhere. Um, but I think it's more about people's recognition and I think people just have these moments of intensified awareness of God being, as Jacob says, in this place. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, if I could, could I, yeah, can I build on just one second, um, on that? Because for, for, I'm reminded yes, build my life, build my life. <laughs> um, so, so you talk about how God is in this place in, in Bethel and right. And that's what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And then he returns to Bethel later when his when God has shown up over and over and over again, and he returns with his family, and he's going back to to take an like to receive an inheritance. Like he's on his way, and the, it changes. He's saying like God is not just in this place, but He has been with me wherever mm-hmm. I have gone. And I think that's mm-hmm. that pulls that back together. This this as we grow in understanding of God. Um, we understand that everything is a God thing, um, but acknowledging it is worship. Acknowledging it is giving God glory. Um, stay, taking a moment, and that's why we worship, and to say this is a God thing is acknowledgement that I maybe live a lot of my day not thinking about everything, um, but in this moment, I acknowledge that I am in awe of what God is doing in this moment. That's my two cents. Yeah. And I think people yeah. do the same thing with the word blessed. I feel blessed, you know, uh, and, and um, it, it's the same kind of concept. So, you know, somebody that wins the lottery <laughs> would say, I feel blessed versus somebody who's experiencing the ramifications of an earthquake in Haiti, um, but gets a drink of water and a meal. They too are blessed. And so, um, that's a whole nother conversation that we could go into. I think it's people's awareness of mm. God's involvement in the process is what sets it apart. Yeah. Great. I, I mean, I would say that context, um, cultural context for Jacob also is important. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Nathan was kind of hinting at too, is the progressive revelation of who God is. Um, not just seeing God as a local, localized God. Right. Uh, but being able to expand to understand that God is omnipresent and surely God has been everywhere and you just now noticed it. So there's that piece. But I also think there's the piece of um, I'm fond of saying that the world has taken so many of our Christian terms, our biblical terms and packed it in with other meaning. Um, and so blessed means whatever someone thinks it means versus what the Bible says it means or what God says it means. And so I think part of our job also is not necessarily shy away from these terms, but to repackage them 
in a biblical way, to repackage them in a way that gives a robust understanding of who God is. I'd actually never heard the term as a God thing before. I've heard the other ones, but I've never heard the God thing. Um, and I've heard him from all different types of people, uh, and including the people who relatively don't like God. Uh, but it's interesting to have people say that. But that's, again, a world has just usurped the authority of these words and the definition of these words. And it's our job, and dare I say, even our joy to repack these things uh, by uh, packaging them in a way that is biblical and that makes sense. Uh, so that's good. So who's next? Let's see. What else do we have? What do we have? Bishop Nathan, come on down. We have watch an anonymous out, question for you. Watch, watch out now. Uh, this morning, uh, this is the question, anonymously. This morning in our quiet time, we were talking about sin. Is it sin when we think it or only when we act on it? Mm. I know the Bible talks about lustful thoughts and is the same as having committed adultery, but God provides us a way out of our temptation. And in Romans, Paul talks about not thinking about how to gratify our sinful natures. One thing I'll say is uh, for this person, but for everyone, we're going to talk a little bit about the freedom that we have from our flesh and its desires and cravings. And I think the lustful thoughts connects to that. There are these desires of our hearts that we were slaves to before, but because we've been made alive in Christ, we have freedom over it. And so I'm going to talk about both of these scriptures. I believe I know exactly which one she's referring to or he's referring to. I didn't slip there. I literally don't know who this person is, but yeah. say he a lot. I just like to use she sometimes. Anyways, that's a side. It's note. amazing how this uh, dovetails with uh, your message. <laughs> It does. It does. Um, but Matt, the first one's this, and this is Jesus, Matthew 5, 27 through 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. He's referring to a law, right? A law that everyone knows that he's talking to. And then he says, but, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery within, with her in his heart. He's talking to men, but he's talking to women as well, that if you look at anyone lustfully, and I think it's really important for us to understand what that those words are. You know, context is king. Hermeneutics is important. Um, what we're not talking about is temptation of a sexual nature, the mm. fleshly urge, right? Mm. So this fleshly urge for sex to find uh, the opposite sex attractive. Um, but this is specifically lustfully in their heart is referring to a, an intentional harboring of that desire, keeping it ruminating, dwelling on the desire um, for the man or the woman and holding on to that and continuing to do that. Um, maybe even making plans in your mind or what you would do um, to, to dwell and ruminate on that is what he's referring to. See, Jesus, um, the Pharisees and the people of the day were concerned about the letter of the law. Well, you didn't actually have sex with them. You're good to go. But Jesus wasn't ever about behavior um, primarily at all. He was about mm -mm. what owns your heart. Mm -hmm. And when you keep lust in your heart and harbor it, it's sin, it's brokenness, and, and you are owned by that. And you, you, it is something you have given yourself over to. And so he's saying, no, I, you say it's this, but I'm actually saying it's deeper. See, the law is there because I want to protect your heart. Right? That's what God is trying to say. I'm trying to protect your heart, and your heart is where the battle is won and lost. Now, don't get me wrong, there are very different consequences for carrying lust in your heart and doing it. 
Mm. Forgive the term, but <laughs> there are very different consequences, and and that's a different conversation. But I think what the intention was is, if I'm tempted, am I sinning? At what point does it become sin? And and I would say, let's look at where your heart is, and at what point does it own your heart? Is a great way of of saying it very clearly. If you commit adultery, it's adultery. It's not of God, and it's not okay. But God is actually going deeper to the heart. And then Romans 13, 14 is the other. This is a letter that was written, and it says, Rather, clothe, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And, and you know, whoever submitted this question, I think it really does understand uh, deeply what's going on here. Again, we got to think, what does think mean? Thinking here is a bit of an interesting translation. I actually think uh, in the NIV, thinking is... Um, it, just the word itself, it kind of pulls it out and the rest of it. But it, it, this word means to give provision for, to give attention beforehand, to premeditate. Mm. Um, what he is saying is don't think about how you're going to sin. Don't plan about how you're going to sin. And here's the crazy part of why in this text he's talking about how God's coming back. He's coming back soon. So don't be planning about what you're going to do that's wrong. Like, because he's coming. He might come before, you know, like it's this idea of like, what are you thinking about? Plan for his return. Stop planning about sin. And uh, in all of this, it's, it's, um, it's really about this idea of ruminating, harboring, dwelling, planning on sin. And so if someone tells you, well, I'm thinking about doing this, um, <laughs> you, you are, are already in a place where, where you are not. And if you are ruminating about how you're going to sin, your mindset is now being controlled by your flesh, which you are, if you are a Christian, you have been freed from and no longer is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I am dealing with this with people right now. Hmm. I am dealing this with people right now. This is not about how you are a bad person because you think about and harbor these things. It's about how you are choosing to return to the things of the flesh, that you are choosing to return to being influenced and controlled by it, which you were freed from. And it says very clearly in the scripture we talk about this weekend that there is a kingdom of uh, there's a kingdom of earth right now, the king of the air, the spirit who is at work, and all those who are disobedient. And when you dwell on the sin you are going to do or harbor these things in your heart, you are giving over influence to the deceiver. And if I could tell you, so some people are like, well, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, you, you miss it. Jesus is saying it's not, you've already missed it. It's not about exactly what you do. It's about who you're giving your heart to. And when you are starting to plan these things, and I'm preaching right now, and I'm sorry, but I'm preaching because I'm seeing this. Amen. Wasn't the question you asked, and if it's not, I'm yeah, a good question. That on you. But what I'm saying to you is this. You are giving over influence in your life when you harbor and dwell on the sin that you want to do. Um, not about fighting it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm about saying, well, what if I did this? And what if I did this? And what if I just got divorced? And what if I just had this little thing here? And what if I just took a little bit of money? And what if I just, you put in whatever you need to put in there. In that moment, you are not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. You are giving over influence to the things that are dead. Yeah, that's good. That's super good. I mean, that's, yeah, as a man think it, so he is, right? As a woman or a man think it, so they are. I I think, I remember uh, watching this movie um, that I think 
um, gives so much weight to what you're saying. Not that you need to wait because you're talking scripture. Um, but um, this lady was an addict and she said, I made a list of all the things I wouldn't do. Um, I said I wouldn't, you know, sleep around for drugs. I said that I wouldn't share needles. Um, I said that I wouldn't sell my body um, for drugs. And she said, eventually, I realized later on that I was making a list of everything that I would end up doing. Um, and if I can go further, she never captured her mind. Her mind was never captured by truth. So while all the way she was like, I won't do it. But in her mind, she's, like you said, ruminating on it and rehearsing it. So, so we talk about meditating on scripture. You can also meditate. There's a reason why Philippians says whatever is noble, whatever is worthy, whatever is good, think on these things. Because there is power, right? Again, the world and prosperity teaching has taken that and ran with it of just name it and claim it. But there is truth in the fact that if you think, if you allow those thoughts to have real estate in your head, that real estate is not going to just be segregated to your head. It will eventually birth real buildings, real issues, real problems, real life decisions. It's a reason why as I walk with brothers through uh, particularly pornography um, 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 addiction, which the Lord saved me from personally as well, but the reason that I walk people through it is you, you, you would see how even their mind, they say after coming out, their mind changes. Like they stop seeing porn everywhere. They stop seeing sexuality everywhere. They start looking at their wives differently. The wives will, will email or text my wife or text me and say, hey, he loves me better. No, he, he still always loved you, but when his mind was preoccupied with lustful fan, fa fantasies, right, fantastic unrealities of women and then looks at you he's in his mind without even knowing sometimes trying to compare you to that and that's what we do right we'll compare and and if god is not in your mind and you're trying to compare the lustful things the the, the things that the prince of the power of the air allows to to sort of catch our flesh and our spirit if you if your mind is preoccupied with those things how can you see god how can you see the things of God? And so you're, I mean, nothing you said is dude, needs my sort of underlining, but I'm just sitting there like, man, it's amazing how the power of the mind is so important. And I was sitting talking to myself the other day and I was like, I wonder how much people understand that when we talk about reading the Bible, when we talk about uh, studying God's word, it's because especially for Christians, you're born again. And so, which means you have a spirit in you, which means that's how you feed your spirit. Your spirit, man, your spirit woman is being uh, starved as you continue to inundate it with all the other things that want to eat at our soul. And so refresh that by meditating on God, God's truth, God's attributes, God's reality. Anyway, yeah. So um, you, you, you sparked a fire, brother. And I think it has what you said has greater implications than what we're even going to have a chance to talk about. It has implications for sexuality altogether as an implication for parenting and all that good stuff. So, uh, Pastor Jerry, you got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think um, I like to think of Paul as the first ancient neuroscientist. Um, he, there's a lot of those passages, and you already mentioned one in Philippians, uh, where there's there's such an emphasis on what we think about in our brains, and um, you know, and, and the person already quoted Romans, but also just be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul says, and then mm. 
uh, to the Corinthians, he says, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so there is this process of renewal that happens mentally. And then again, so fill your brain with this space um, of good thinking, pure thoughts, uh, whatever is worthy and admirable, like think about those things. Mm -hmm. It's it's naturally going to push out the other things. Um, What's the, there's a hymn, um, thinking about God and then, and then the things of earth will grow strangely dim mm. in the light of his glory mm. and grace. And so um, I'm, I'm thinking about this right now, like, uh, and I mentioned this briefly in a sermon a couple weeks ago, but the more grass I plant in my yard, the less chance there is of other things, other weeds Ooh. growing in its place. Ooh. So what I'm doing, I'm not thinking so much. Illustrate that, weeding. brother. Illustrate it's, that. We need to overseed. We need to overseed. Yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I need to think less about treating the weeds that I do have, but filling in the empty spaces with more oh. seed or more grass. So um, it, those are isn't all it just, thoughts. Isn't it just how the Holy Spirit works that that scripture we're talking about is actually continued on to Philippians 4, 4 through 8? It says, don't be anxious, but everything in the peace will come. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, he says, whatever is, whatever, 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 whatever. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about think these, on things. these things. Yeah. And that's so good. Thank you, Jared. That was good. Woo. Yeah, I'm sorry, brother. I was about to pass the plate. That was real good. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to give. I offer to you some M&M's, brother, as an as a, as a offering of my sacrifice. You don't know how much that means to me. That's the widow's <laughs> mite. That's the widow's mite for me, brother. All right, well, all right, the next one is um, dips into spiritual warfare, and I, we really have about 52 minutes. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to save that. Um, for next week yeah. um, because I think that leans into spiritual warfare and I want to do it s- some service. So um, I think, is there anything I would say just so we can um, um, sort of capture this, anything else that you just feel like, you know, God's place on your heart for our people or that's even on your heart this season that's just been giving you peace, anything you could pit the end. This is sort of, you know, lightning around in a sense. I, I think I, I'm just being reminded how important it is for us to remember who we are and what our inheritance is. Um, we often focus on behaviors, and we've been talking about some behaviors and thoughts, right? And, and it could be easy to get into a shame cycle, um, mm-hmm. but I want to speak freedom and say that uh, you are a son and daughter of the king if you know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, it, it's um, it, it's something that is always, I don't know where you're listening to us. It could be right now, or it could be years in the future on the podcast, or you just found it. But I, I just want you to know in this moment, through this medium, God is speaking to you and he's inviting you to remember that you're a son or daughter of the king or to become one, to be brought into an inheritance of of peace and joy and power and might and purpose. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. And it only comes through through knowing him and following him and giving your life over to him. And I just encourage those who are listening who want to make that decision that they would. That they would talk to God and say, I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to accept that I need you. And if they do that, we'd love to hear about it. You can let us know um, or reach out anytime to any of the pastors um, because we want to walk with you in that journey. Amen. 
Pastor yeah, actually, I was I was think, thinking of a similar thing, Nathan, as you were even talking is just, um, you know, my, my guess is a majority of the people that are currently watching, listening, and then listening later on will probably already be Christians. Um, but there's always a good chance that there are some that are skeptical, that have questions, that um, wouldn't identify a particular faith that's important to them. And that's okay. Um, I want to say to those people who are skeptical, it is okay for you to have questions. Absolutely. It's okay. It's okay for you to have doubts and, um, engage those, ask those questions. Let's talk about it. Don't, don't feel like you have to do that alone. But then also, um, I want to encourage those of us who, uh, do have a faith, who do believe that God is doing something. Um, you've probably already seen this, uh, a handful in other avenues and mediums, throughout these last uh, months that people are more open now than ever uh, to hearing the gospel. And that may may be true. Uh, So I want to encourage our folks who already believe to have some uh, gentleness and humility and patience Mm. as they're engaging in conversations with their neighbors, coworkers, whatever that might be, um, who have questions about the faith. Don't, don't use their doubt and their skepticism. Um, as as a threat don't don't see it as a threat and then turn it around for ammunition but but welcome it and be glad for it and and use it as an opportunity to share about the hope that you have um and um and be gentle in the process as well amen well i'm going to end with this scripture and pastor nathan once i'm finished if you would just pray for our congregation and pray for us Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension and all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Amen. Amen. Father, I I pray for those who are listening, that they would feel your presence even now, that the peace of God would descend on them, that they would experience your grace and love and mercy. Father, in these times, And in all times, we need you. But sometimes in crisis, we realize just how humble we really are, just how broken we really are, how much stuff we actually got. But you came for us. And we worship you. And we choose to fix our eyes on you in the midst of this. Help us learn how to love people well and share the wonder we have found and bring them in to your presence. That we have work to do, and that you have made us for it. 
We pray all of this only because of Jesus Christ and how he died for us, covered us, and allowed us to be in the presence of God again. We pray it all in his name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, it has been a delight to be with you, brothers, again, as usual. Um, join us next week where we have a special guest from our staff, and we're trying to do this every other week or so, and maybe we might have some LT people. So, LT, if you're listening, we, we're coming for you. Uh, we might have some people uh, just join us. It's a great opportunity for you to see uh, behind the curtain and what's going on in the people and the ministries that are happening. And we're thankful for your continued giving and please do continue to support God's work. We thank you for what you do um, because you're making lives change. You're making a change in a different people's lives. We thank you for coming by and connecting with us and commenting and sharing and being open. All those things help create that community that is so important so that we can all flourish in what God has called us to. So we love you guys. Join us next week. Uh, keep hitting your comments. If you have comments, we'll get them. If you have questions, send them to me by Tuesday evening. Uh, send them to me whenever. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll figure out how to get them on here. So we love you guys. Final words, brother. Deuces, no words. Okay, just deuces. Cool. Fascinated the final word. Are you are you frozen? I feel like he's joking. Is he frozen? I think he's frozen. Oh man. All right. Well, I love you, brother. I am going to go ahead and stop the streaming. All right, we good. love all you guys. See you guys soon, man. See you soon.